It has stood the test of time. God's book, the Bible, still relevant in today's complex world. It is written, sharing messages of hope around the world. On July 14, 2016, the headlines broke across the screen of major news outlets. Tragedy strikes Nice, France. The horrific details of that day once again drew attention to the terrorist organization ISIS. Mohamed Lahouhe Boulel, a Tunisian resident of France, drove his cargo truck into the crowd celebrating Bastille Day. 86 people were killed and over 300 people were injured. Just one day later, there was an attempted coup in Turkey. Over 300 were killed and thousands were injured. It seems that there is not a day that goes by without some type of calamity unfolding. Many are left wondering, what is to happen next? Some believe that these stirrings are merely part of a grand plan in the closing events of Earth's history. Some are waiting for Jerusalem's temple to be rebuilt. Many wonder, will Earth's last war, Armageddon, begun somewhere in the Middle East, or should we be focusing our attention elsewhere? Today we begin a series of teachings that will help answer those questions. Because I'm quite concerned, friends, that we are living at a time when many Bible teachers and students are looking the wrong direction and will miss out on one of the most fundamental Bible teachings. I'm afraid that we may just be missing out on one of the most hopeful teachings as well. Now, as we have studied the various prophecies of the Bible, we have found that the prophecy of Daniel chapter 2 is vital to understanding the overarching prophetic timeline of the Bible. In fact, Daniel chapter 2 is a foundational prophecy that helps the reader understand not only the rest of the book of Daniel, but also understand the entire book of Revelation and the entirety of scriptures for that matter. Now, we don't have time to go into the details of that dream, but just as a reminder, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had a dream. And in that dream, he saw an image, an image that was completely made of metal and particularly interesting metal image for that matter, because the metal image had the highest value metal at the top and the lowest value metal at the bottom. However, it had the metal of the least strength at the top and the strongest metal at the bottom. So it was in decreasing value, but increasing strength. And also as a reminder in Daniel 2, as Nebuchadnezzar had this dream, he could not interpret the dream. In fact, he could not even remember the dream. So he called together his astrologers, his soothsayers, his psychics, and asked them to tell him the dream and its interpretation. They could not tell him the dream. They could not give him the interpretation. The prophet Daniel was among the wise men of the empire. Daniel prayed to the God of heaven and God gave him the dream and its interpretation. 
And as a brief overview of that image that was in the dream, the head of gold represented the empire of Babylon. The chest and arms of silver represented the empire of Medo-Persia or simply Persia. The midsection of bronze or brass was the empire of Greece and the legs of iron, Rome. And then the feet of iron mixed with clay was a divided Roman empire. Now, later in the book of Daniel, in Daniel chapter 7, there is another vision. However, in this prophecy, Daniel is the one that receives the dream. And when Daniel has this dream, there isn't a metal image, but rather an assortment of animals. Now, these animals are not animals that you would find at a zoo. These are animals that are amazing creatures. There was a lion with wings, a bear that was humped up on one side with three ribs in its mouth a leopard with four heads and four wings, and then a beast that Daniel said was an indescribable beast. Now, once again, God gave to Daniel the history of world empires. Now, this idea of having a prophecy that describes the same time period is a principle that is called repeat and enlarge, or the larger word for it is recapitulation. Now, recapitulation is the idea that you tell someone something and then you tell it to them again with a little bit greater detail. And so in Daniel chapter 7, God provides that greater detail, but the same empires are represented. The lion with wings being Babylon, the bear humped up on one side being the Persian Empire, the leopard with four heads and four wings representing Greece and its rapid advancement to conquer the world. It's four heads representing the four divisions of the Greek empire. And then this indescribable beast that had 10 horns representing the Roman empire and the eventual fractioning of that empire into 10 major divisions. Now today, however, we take a journey into Daniel, the eighth chapter. And it is in Daniel chapter 8 that there is a key that unlocks the answers to the crises that we are facing today in the 21st century. And in this 8th chapter of Daniel, we have an extraordinary prophecy. The prophet Daniel once again has a dream. And this is what the Bible says he saw found in Daniel chapter 8 and in verse 1. Daniel 8 and in verse 1. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared unto me, even unto me Daniel, after that which appeared to me the first. So Daniel has this other dream. This dream took place in the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar. Now what did he see in that dream? The Bible continues on. I lifted up mine eyes and saw, and behold, there stood before the river a ram which had two horns, and the two horns were high, but one was higher than the other, and the higher came up last. So Daniel's dream once again has animals, and this first animal was a ram. Now the simple question we must ask is, what does this all mean? Well, in this prophecy in particular, we don't need to turn to the pages of history to get our answer. The Bible actually supplies further details of this ram to clue us in on who the ram is. 
the Bible continues. I saw the ram pushing westward, northward, and southward so that no beast might stand before him. Neither was there any that could deliver out of his hand, but he did according to his will and became great. Who is this ram? What does this ram represent? Now, a beast in the Bible in prophetic language represents either a king or a kingdom. And so to help Daniel and to help us clearly understand the angel visitor who has been giving this dream to Daniel tells him exactly who the ram represents. The Bible says, the ram which you saw having two horns, they are the kings of Media and Persia. Now, as I explained earlier, this is a perfect example of recapitulation or repeating and enlarging. In Daniel 2, the metal image represented the history of the world empires, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, and then the division of Rome. Then Daniel chapter 7, once again, outlines these empires, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, and the division of Rome. In Daniel chapter 7, it came through animal representations. Now, in Daniel chapter 8, Daniel has a dream, and once again, it is an animal representation. Now, what would be our expectation as we come to Daniel chapter 8? Well, of course, the expectation would be that if it is a repeating and enlarging or a recapitulation, that you would once again find Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, and the division of Rome. But we have something interesting happen here. The first beast is this ram, the ram which represents Medo-Persia. Babylon seems to have been left out. Now, why would Babylon have been left out of this prophetic dream? My dear friends, because Belshazzar, although he was the current king and he was the king of Babylon when Daniel received this vision, the Babylonian kingdom was in its final years. It was fading from the scene. No longer was Babylon critical to the prophetic outline. And so God does exactly what would be expected. And he does not have an animal or a beast to represent Babylon because Babylon was simply going off the scene. Now God's concern is beyond Babylon. And so the first beast starts at the chest and arms of silver in Daniel 2 or the bear humped up on one side of Daniel 7. And so we have this ram. Now the ram has some interesting characteristics. The ram represents the Medo-Persian Empire. And the Medo-Persian Empire reigned from 539 B.C. to 331 B.C. And what you will notice is that in Daniel 8, we are given more details. First, the prophecy tells us and gives us an indication of its conquering westward, northward, and southward. What a fitting symbol because There in modern-day Iran is where we would find the ancient Medo-Persian Empire. And that is exactly the way it conquered. They went to the west. They went to the north. They went to the south. The book of Daniel records that the Medo-Persian Empire conquered the Babylonians in a most spectacular fashion. The Babylonian Empire, and particularly the city of Babylon, had a walled city with three actual walls. And those walls were so wide, according to historians, a chariot could ride on the top of the wall. 
And then on the interior of the city of Babylon, historians record that they had an over 20-year supply of food. At that time, Babylon the city was considered an unconquerable city and an unconquerable empire. The river Euphrates flowed through the center of Babylon, so they had an unlimited supply of water. Friends, you have water, you have food, and you can exist for a very long time by simply just not leaving your city. However, there was a man by the name of Cyrus. He was the general of the Medo-Persian army, and he came from the west. And along his journey, one of his treasured horses was killed. He was so infuriated by this that he began to dig channels along the Euphrates River. And as he began to dig these channels along the Euphrates River, the levels of the river went down. Then the armies of Cyrus marched toward Babylon. And on one particular evening, as the Babylonian king Belshazzar, along with those who served him. They partied and had a festival. Yet the Persian army was advancing. They finally arrived there at the gate of the city where the Euphrates River passed under the wall. Now normally there would have been a gate that would have closed, that would have still prevented anyone from entering the city. However, that evening, the gate had been left up. And that is exactly as it was predicted in Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 1. Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 1 predicted 150 years before Cyrus was born that Cyrus would be the one that would conquer the city of Babylon. He would enter under a raised gate. And so the Persians entered into Babylon on that fateful night and completely decimated Babylon. They conquered it. Persian soldiers took the unconquerable, impregnable city by force. However, there is a detail that many miss that I want you to notice. That detail is found in Daniel chapter 8 and verse 3, and this is what the Bible says. And the two horns were high. One was higher than the other, and the higher came up last. Here's the interesting note of history, and I don't want you to miss this. The Medes were initially a very powerful empire, and they would give the Assyrian Empire considerable difficulty from the 9th to the 7th century BC. Here's what I'm saying. I have often referred to this empire as the Medo-Persian Empire. However, if you go to history books, history typically will not call it the Medo-Persian Empire, but they will simply call it the Persian Empire. And here's the reason why the Persians would envelop or take over the Medes. However, initially, when these empires of the Medes and the Persians came together, it wasn't so. But in absolute precision, according to the prophetic word of Daniel, the Medes, who were initially stronger, would become the weaker. The Medes in the original composition were the stronger of the two. But as history continued, eventually under Cyrus, the Persians became the stronger. The royal houses of the Medes and the Persians would begin to intermarry. And then under Cyrus's leadership, the Persians became the strong. When Cyrus conquered Media, he simply incorporated it into his kingdom, which is why we have the combined name of the Medo-Persian Empire. You see, Daniel said, 
through the prophetic word that the ram would have two horns representing the kings of Media and Persia, the Medo-Persian Empire. One would be higher or greater than the other, but it would come up last. Daniel saw, because God gave it to him in vision, that the Medes would be the stronger of the two, and then the Persians would come in and they would be the strongest, so much so that it would simply envelop the rest of the empire. And so you have the Medo-Persian Empire, what history calls the Persian Empire. They conquered Babylon. The major conquest of the Persians toward the north was the kingdom of Lydia, which is near modern-day Turkey. Cyrus conquered it in 548 BC. To the west, Persia under Cyrus conquered Babylon. And then to the south, Cyrus's son Cambyses conquered Egypt. And so just as the prophetic word said, just as Daniel 8 predicted, Medo-Persia would conquer to the north, to the west, and to the south. Now, furthermore, the ram is a fitting symbol of the Medo-Persian Empire. Ancient Persian seals that have been found by archaeological excavations have an animal depicted on them. That animal is none other than the ram. What a fitting symbol, what a fitting symbol God would use to represent the Medo-Persian Empire a ram, a symbol that they would use in their own empire. But the prophecy continues, and Daniel is receiving more information. And Daniel 8 says this, And as I was considering, suddenly a male goat came from the west across the surface of the whole earth without touching the ground. And the goat had a notable horn between his eyes, that he came to the ram that had two horns, which I had seen standing beside the river and ran at him with furious power. And I saw him confronting the ram. He was moved with rage against him, attacked the ram and broke his two horns. There was no power in the ram to withstand him, but he cast him down to the ground and trampled him. And there was no one that could deliver the ram from his hand." Imagine the scene that unfolds before Daniel. He sees this ram with two horns, one higher than the other. And then out of the west, there comes a goat. And the goat is charging, and it seems to be charging so fast that its feet are not even touching the ground. And it attacks the ram. It tramples the ram until there is no more. Who is this power that would trample down the Medo-Persians? Who is this power that would conquer the Medo-Persian Empire? Friend, we are all out of time today, but next time we will answer that question and continue to answer the questions that we began with. The most important principle that I want to leave with you today is taught over and over again in the Bible. And that principle is found in Daniel 2.21. And it says this, and he changes times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. My dear friends, we do not need to fear for the future. God has the future of this world in his hands. We must never forget this. No election, no government, no coup, no terrorist attack should cause us to lose sight of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ that he has the whole world and the future of this world in his hands. 
Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you have this world and its future in your hands. We are thankful that although there are many calamities, many terrorist attacks, many wars, many rumors of war, that the future is in your hands, that we can place our faith and trust in you, that we can experience peace and security, knowing that you are coming again soon and that when you come, you will make all wrongs right. You will bring this world and its problems to an end and we will reign with you for eternity in heaven. Thank you so much. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. for some time with pain, first in her heel, then in her hip, then in her knee. Angie wasn't sure exactly what to do, but the answer came one day in an unlikely form. She knew all about the health benefits of eating more plant-based foods, but found it difficult sometimes with her schedule and her young daughter's food preferences. Help came, though, in the form of her daughter's one week away at summer camp. Having the week all to herself for the first time since her daughter was born, Angie took the opportunity to cleanse her body by drinking only smoothies all week. Dark leafy greens, a green powder, and fruit comprised the bulk of her smoothies. She also drank lots of water. She continued thereafter by adding nice big salads in her everyday eating. Do you think there was any change in her health? You know it. Absolutely there was. She soon noticed that she was able to walk up and down stairs without much pain. Excited by this discovery, Angie is feeling encouraged to keep eating more plant-based foods and continue with her smoothies to help gain control of her weight. Remember, when you're making a salad, make it robust. Fill it up with good, yummy ingredients like different greens, tomatoes, red or yellow peppers, cucumbers, celery, bean sprouts. The list is endless. And a really yummy way to spice up your salads is with seasoned seeds. They're so easy to make. Now, this recipe is really for those of you who have a dehydrator at home. The health benefit of using a dehydrator is that because you are simply drawing out the water, slightly warming and not cooking the food, you are still left with all the nutrition intact as well as all the food's natural enzymes. I know that most people don't have a dehydrator though, so using an oven at the very lowest setting can also work, but the health benefits won't quite be the same. Here's my recipe for seasoned seeds. Taking two cups of pumpkin or sunflower seeds, soaking them for four to seven hours, kind of like overnight, draining them and then rinsing them. And then about a quarter cup of tamari. Tamari is a thicker, less salty fermented soy sauce that contains less or no wheat. And also using about half a tablespoon of onion powder, a quarter teaspoon of garlic powder, a quarter teaspoon of smoked paprika or just regular paprika, and a quarter teaspoon of cayenne to just kick it up a notch. So what we're gonna do here, got our pumpkin seeds and gentlemen, these are really good for you. Good for your prostate. And then we're gonna add the tamari. 
Then we're just gonna throw in all the other spices and then we're gonna mix it. And then I'll show you that final product. Okay, so we're mixing this all up just to coat it really nicely. And then you're gonna spread it onto your, either your dehydrator sheet or your baking sheet. And if it's in the dehydrator, you're going to just let it dry out. So that's gonna be, ooh, could be overnight, upwards of 18 to 24 hours, depending on your dehydrator. You want them to be nice and dry and crisp. And if you're putting it in the oven, you wanna set it at the lowest uh, setting in the oven and just leave it until the seeds are dry and really crisp. They need to be very dry. Now stored in a sealed glass container in the refrigerator, the seasoned seeds will keep for six months. And this is what they're going to look like. Nice and yummy and crispy and they got the nice coloring on there. They really are delicious. Just sprinkle those on your salad and uh, add your whatever salad dressing you're gonna use and you're good to go. Try these, they're easy, they're good for you and so yummy. I'll see you next time. Friends, the study of prophecy is a thrilling adventure because as we study prophecy, it confirms and affirms the reliability of the Bible. Today, I'd like to offer you the Focus on Prophecy Lessons. The Focus on Prophecy Lessons take a detailed look at the books of Daniel and Revelation. As you work through the Focus on Prophecy Lessons, you will see God demonstrate that His Word is reliable. It will help you increase your faith and it will draw you nearer to Jesus. Now, in addition to the Focus on Prophecy lessons, I'd like to offer you today, for any size donation, one of the It Is Written Canada classic books. It was a book written by our founder, Henry Fire Robin. That book is titled Daniel Verse by Verse. As you read its pages, you will be thrilled on the adventure that you will take in learning more about God and the reliability of His Word. Here's the information that you need to receive today's offers. To request today's offer, just log on to www.itiswrittencanada.ca. That's www.itiswrittencanada.ca and select the TV program tab. For Canadian viewers, the offer will be sent free and postage paid. For viewers outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you prefer, you may call toll-free at 1-888-CALL-IIW. That's 1-888-CALL-IIW. Call anytime. Lines are open 24 hours daily. That's 1-888-CALL-IIW. Or if you wish, you may write to us at It Is Written, Box 2010, Oshawa, Ontario, L1H 7V4. That's It Is Written, Box 2010, Oshawa, Ontario, L1H 7V4. Dear friends, there's nothing better than a relationship with Jesus. There's no more security that can be found in knowing that He has our future in His hands. And it is written, we are committed to helping people find hope in Jesus. I want to invite you to go to our website, www.itiswrittencanada.ca, and there you'll find a number of resources to build your spiritual library and to draw nearer to Jesus. 
I'd also invite you to go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash IIW Canada, and there you can find an archive of all of our programs. You can like us on Facebook, you can follow us on Twitter, and you can actually follow me on Twitter as well, at Pastor Holland is my address. Friends, I hope you enjoyed today's program. I invite you to join us again next week. But until then, remember, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God.